Good morning, everyone. Can you all hear me okay if I don't use the mic? Thank you. I'll behave. It is so lovely to have so many of you visiting today. And uh, it seems quite pertinent. Um, sorry, Petrus. It, it's such a key time with this message I want to bring. And uh, so I was overjoyed when I saw leaders from the past and the present, the next generation, all together with us today. Mm. It's been such a joy to welcome so many of you here. Absolutely wonderful to have Ray and Sue with us again. And then to welcome all of you from New Life in Biggin Hill. Really is fantastic. I trust it will be a life-changing time for you. And if you need anything, please just go and ask Heather. <laughs> Heather and I have been on what's been quite a long journey the last month. It started off with a Simonia conference in Johannesburg, which was such a key time for us as African churches, and felt that God did something so key for us. But after being home for just a few days, we left and went to the Middle East, where we lived for some seven years. And there we enjoyed time with our Regions Beyond Global team. And then it was an absolute joy to see our very own Fuzzy Mukwena host his first international conference in Dubai. I think Rayam has probably felt a little bit like you at times, being a father. <laughs> and just watching the next generation do what we love to do <laughs> with such passion, clarity and commitment. And uh, once we had finished both the team meeting in Dubai and the gathering call convergence where it means come together join together Heather and I went to the island of Cyprus sadly not for a, a holiday or to sit on the beach but we, we gathered with apostolic leadership from all over the world for a week sharing experiences stories and what we believe God is saying in these days. And so it's been a fantastic time and there's lots to tell you. And so I was overjoyed when I was sent my passage to use for this message. And we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 11. <laughs> I think Ray could recite it to us. And verses 19 through, I'll read until um, 26. And it's such a key time because I wanted to try and take our experiences of the, the last month and to look back and look forward. And I've called this message Ordinary People. And we in our series called Activated by Acts. So let me read these scriptures to you. Uh, Petrus, you can translate as I go. Now those who were scattered because of the per- persecution that arose over Stephen. They traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. 
speaking the word uh, to no one except Jews. But there were some of them as Simon said earlier in every church there are some of them. Okay. They don't stick to the rules. They, 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 they push the boundaries. So there were some of them men of Cyprus and Cyrene who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, the Greeks preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. So we can never miss what an incredible time this was. We can't just read it. It's, it is a groundbreaking moment in the history of the church. Then it says in verse 22, the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord. With steadfast purpose. For he was a good man. I love the way that Luke who wrote this adds that because there are some who go to the churches who aren't good people. Okay, it's important to know that Luke's putting it he's a good man because there, there were those who were undermining the work of the gospel he was a man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and a great many people were added to the Lord and so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul and when he had found him he brought him to Antioch for a whole year they met with the church and they taught a great many people and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Father God, as we gather together, Lord, as friends from many, many years of togetherness, I want you to pray that you would open our hearts. That we will look back with amazement, appreciation, and wonder at the incredible things you have done. But also, Lord, that we would lift our chins today, looking ahead to the glorious future that awaits as we give ourselves to steadfast purpose in you. So Lord, would you speak deep into our hearts to all the generations and the part that we have to play in your great story. Amen. 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 The very first time that I met Ndati Ray and Mesu, and in fact it was the first time I met Gavin and Lynn as well, was down in KwaZulu-Natal at a conference that was being held there. Heather and I had only moved here to the Free State. We'd been here a couple of weeks, I believe. The very first message I ever heard Ray preach on was this one. Now you don't need to worry, this is much better than what he brought. <laughs> no, I want to tell you, that message changed my life. Because for the first time, 
God opened my eyes to what Barnabas saw when he arrived in Antioch. And as I learned that day and over the last 25 years of serving God in what we call full-time ministry, I've realized what a key passage in Scripture this is. Because after all that happened in Jerusalem, we now for the first time see how ordinary people took the, the message of Jerusalem and put it into action. And I want to give you just six very quick insights into this passage. Because I, this is my introduction, by the way. And the, these are just some of the truths of this passage. Number one, persecution leads to gospel advance. All the brave people say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's one of those things you say, Lord, do we really need persecution? While we were away, we, we met with a, a brother called Venu Paul. And it was a wonderful time. He preached the most wonderful message. And it was how we are to prepare for persecution in the years to come. And he shared a story about the very first Prime Minister of India after they had gained their freedom. And his name was Nehru. And as they were getting this, this new nation going, he said to the people of Hindu faith, do not trouble the Christians. If you trouble them, they multiply. He said, just leave them alone. Leave them alone, they'll go nowhere. But trouble them and they multiply. It's like rose hip on my farm. Some would say, that had the church not undergone the persecution that came after Stephen, it would never have spread out across the nation. So persecution leads to advance. Number two, no city is impenetrable. Okay. No city can keep the gospel out. And some of you might remember in one of my messages, I mentioned that Antioch at the time was the darkest city in the Roman Empire. In fact, if you wanted to talk about something that was so bad, so despicable, so awful, how no you would actually use the name Antioch. If something was really bad, they'd say, oh, Antioch of the Orentes, that's the river it's on. But where does God choose to plant his first church outside of Jerusalem? In the darkest city. That's to speak to you and I. And say to us that nothing stops the gospel. Thirdly, which is the title of this message. God uses ordinary people. And I can remember the day that Ray shared this word with, this word with us down in KwaZulu-Natal. Because he pointed out, and I'd never seen it before, how these people were not named. We know where they came from, Cyprus and the city called Cyrene. But otherwise, we don't know who they are. 
They were people just like you and I. With faith in their hearts. With a measure of understanding. And it's the type of people God wants to use. And that should speak to your heart. Because no matter where you are, whether in a school or at home or in some business, God will use you for his purposes. Firstly, I want you to note how the early church built well. So as soon as they heard that Antioch had received the gospel, they go and fetch Barnabas. Or they say, Barnabas, you need to go and have a look. Not because they were looking for some revival. They wanted to make sure that as that church was established, it would be built well with biblical values. But not only was it built well, number five, I hope you heard how they celebrated diversity right in the beginning of the church. I think there are too many Christians that still believe when we get to heaven, we'll all be standing in our people groups. Because that's how we do church. Whereas right in the beginning, God wanted a church that was diverse. Because we can never be one in Christ and know what God's like unless we are one with one another. I know you Basuta guys like holding hands. Amen. And very lastly, Antioch stayed a church that kept sending. All right, so those are some of the truths from this passage. Now, it wasn't persecution that brought Heather and I here to Clarence. It was something a lot easier and something really wonderful. We saw the beauty of the Church of Jesus Christ. Our eyes were open to what the church can be and who she should be. And not only did we see the beauty, but we saw the power of how churches can transform communities. And so we surrendered to that. And in surrendering to that beautiful gospel, God brought us here. And for us, right from the beginning, there were some things that we really carried in our hearts. Many of them were from this passage of scripture. Which is why I want to refer to them. When we started, we believed that God would use ordinary people. People who didn't have all the qualifications, didn't have all the experience, but were just willing in heart. If you say so, Lord, here we come. And so God built this work out of ordinary people. We came here Wanting to bring hope. Because the gospel transforms lives. It transforms lives. Ray referred to scripture in the prayer meeting this morning. And just a reminder. Try and get here for the prayer meeting at 9 o'clock on a Sunday. It is the prayer meeting with the best view in the world. And we get to pray. 
And he referred this morning where Jesus said, I know who sent me and I know where I'm going. And the gospel brings hope. Yes. Hey. You can be assured today where you stand and who you stand in. But also we came to express diversity in a nation that's been so divided. And for those who were with us right in the beginning, you will know how difficult it was for us to cross racial barriers. Can you just go back to the slide? Thanks. Sorry, you're getting ahead of me. Thank you. And it's wonderful to be able to celebrate one new man in Christ. But also, we wanted to build well. Right from the start. Making lots of mistakes, but dedicated to building as best as we could. And to be a community with a heart for the nation. Willing to send our best. And one of the first things those who are with us will know, we put that big banner from Psalm to ask me for the nations. Yeah. Now, as I was preparing this message and trying to think how best I could communicate to you today all we've experienced over the last few weeks. I thought of these people who are spoken of here in this passage. These men from Cyprus and Cyrene. And I started to think about them when they were scattered. Obviously they lost everything. They lost their homes, their businesses, their livelihoods, their families. That's what it means to be scattered. It means to leave everything and go. Okay? Persecution. But I thought about that. We've been doing this now for 26 years. 26 years. And I thought, I wonder those people in Antioch if after 26 years if they ever stopped and thought oh my goodness look at what God has done look at what God has done did we ever believe he would change the city because such was the impact of these people's gospel well the gospel of Jesus that is they have changed the city that's why they named them a, a group of people it had such impact I wonder if they ever believed that they would be received Receiving the likes of Barnabas and Saul. Some of the greatest biblical figures ever found themselves based in this community. And I wonder if as they were sitting looking back over the years, they thought, wow, did we ever think that we would be sending people to go open the world with the gospel. Even by this time, 26 years after Antioch, the gospel had already reached the far reaches of the Roman Empire. It's incredible. Just from these simple, ordinary people saying, we got to run, but let's start a church. Let's go to Antioch. Let's do what comes naturally and share the wonderful news about Jesus Christ. These ordinary believers chose to believe God, preach the gospel, and they must have looked back and thought, oh, wow. 
How many people sadly reach the, the latter parts of their lives and they look back with so much regret? Sometimes we as pastors have to do funerals for people. And you prepare as best as you can for the funeral and you're trying to find out information. Sad realization that the person has never put their faith in Jesus. And you look at the life and you think, wow. We've got to bring comfort to the family. But there's not much to rejoice about. It happens. But for us, we can look back and we can marvel being ordinary people. Said, we spent some time in. Uh, Dubai after Simonie conference in Johannesburg. Could I have that picture? There we go. So we had a, a group of us from all over the world. We met on top of a mountain called Jebel Hafit. Which uh, it's the desert, except there's this one mountain that goes up one kilometer into the air, and we were on top. And the government heard that these Christians were meeting there. And so they sent one of their, I don't know who he was, to come and check us out. The hotel got a bit of a fright, so they moved us from the conference room up into the royal suite on top of the hotel. So this room here is the royal and it's got what's called a majlis, which is something very like this. And it was wonderful to pray and worship, to be in person together again. But there was one moment. One moment. That I believe was the absolute highlight for me. We had a program and we came to the second day and we put some big sheets of paper on the table. And because of COVID, we've all been scattered. We haven't been together very much. And so when people ask, who are regions beyond? Where are we? How many churches are there part of this family? If I'm honest with you, I really don't know. Sometimes I got hold of Gavin. I said, Gavin, I've got to talk and I need to say how many churches there are. Have you any idea? And he sent me a message. You won't be exaggerating if you said there were 120 churches. And so that's what we believed we had. And so we put a sheet of paper down for the different continents of the world. And we began looking at them. Can I have the next slide? So this is obviously Africa, right up to Europe, and then across to uh, the Middle East and into the Indian subcontinent. Africa, we are Middle East, India. And it was wonderful to see the, the different places where we are. These red dots don't uh, signify a church. They signify churches in that area. Right across the world. I'll take that good old African flag. And it's just fantastic. So if you look at this here, here we are. But over here, we've had massive breakthrough. The man who was with Heather and I in Dubai, his name is George Dada. 
He lost his job. He went back and he started a church in a place called Chocolate City. They won't invite me there because I've got such a sweet tooth. But work, he started a school. Some of the children coming in, young boys, girls, were boy and girl soldiers during the Civil War. They crossed over into Sierra Leone. And just recently, around about 64 Muslim people got saved and are now part of a church. It's quite extraordinary. I wish I had a lot more time. I'll tell you all the stories. Over here, Orissa. This place, our church got destroyed there. Around about 200 Christians lost their lives in persecution. And then another group has gone back and started the church again. That's courage. Pakistan, Nepal, which is right up here. If you, if you think we are high up in the mountains, they're about three times as high as we are. And we just got a group of 12 churches there now coming through and being part of us. But also this one, you might not know this country, Bhutan. It's right in the Himalaya mountains. Right over here. And a group of people have crossed over and gone to plant in Bhutan now. And so as we got all these sheets of paper, we started to see these places open up and think, oh, I didn't even know we were there. Could I have the next slide? And then across in the east, we are in Bhutan. We have Kangui Chu and Dori and a team here in Malaysia. Kangui Chu, Malaysia. We've got churches in Manila, but this is the Philippines. Christ spreading across the islands. When we did this, we found that in the time we hadn't seen them, they'd planted four new churches. Some of them on islands that you can only go to by boat. And they're working with one people group there who have never heard the name of Jesus before. And then it's lovely to be in Australia as well. But a lovely family in Perth building well. People in Melbourne. Sorry, Adelaide. And Sydney. Next slide. I better go a bit quicker. Okay. This is absolutely wonderful. So through. Ray, we've got dear friends here up in the northwest of America. We're in Washington State. We've got a new church there in Spokane now. And we go right across into Montana. This is, this is where Heather's grandchildren are. Then wonderfully as well, and these are all places that Ray particularly has pioneered, Ray and Sue. We have around about 40 churches in, in Mexico in our wider family, but about uh, six or so in regions beyond. But now we also are in Rio de Janeiro. And in a small town whose name I cannot remember. I tried. I messaged John and said, please tell me. Gavs, can you remember where that is? 
the reason this church is here is because a man Cristiano leading a very successful church in Rio de Janeiro, the big city. And one evening he was watching the news. And there was a program on the news. And the reporter said, I want to speak to you tonight about a people who live on an island. Just off the coast, somewhere here. And this, this people are, the reporter said, they are known as the forgotten people. They are mainly albino. So no pigment in the skin, so nearly the whole island is like that. No one ever goes there. And so they've been called the forgotten people. And while Cristiano was watching this on TV, God said to him, I haven't forgotten them. Will you go? And so he laid down his church in Rio de Janeiro, the capital. And he went up there. He went to the island. But the people, the governors in charge of the island, wouldn't let him stay and preach the gospel. They said, there's no way the gospel's coming here. No church, there are no Christians. So he went back to the mainland and started to work in the harbor. Because everybody going to the island had to go through the harbor. Won't you three young ladies stand up quickly? Just like these three young ladies. Three young ladies. Your age. Okay, your age. Got saved. In the harbor. And you know what they did? They went and planted a church on the island. And so that is now a reached people group. Ordinary people. So what we find is that in regions beyond we've got 179 churches spread across 23 nations. That's where God has taken us. Okay. But I want you to notice something. There still is a lot of open space. Can I have the next slide, please? And as I was contemplating this passage, yeah. I, Go for it. <laughs> yeah. as I was looking at this passage, I suddenly realized what God had done with very ordinary people. So let me do my best to, to just go around the room because today is quite a significant day. So Heather and I moved here in 1996, believing that God would start a church that would reach the nations. Yeah. We had been here for a few months when Ray and Sue arrived to come and visit. Can you stand quickly? Give them a big cheer. <laughs> You've got to stay standing, I'm afraid. That's the only, only deal. And there's a lot of people to get through. Maybe come and stand just over here. And no sooner had we 
planted the church and got going. That Peter and Janice yes. laid down a very comfortable, beautiful life in Cape Town because of the gospel. Won't you stand? I don't know if you'd like to come out. You can stay there if you want. Okay. And over those days, people started to get saved. And justice and honor came to the Lord. Won't you stand, I'm trying to see who else. If there's anyone... Eh? No, I'm coming there. It's over the best for last. She's ruining my story, Gavin. <laughs> Do you want the notes? Yeah. <laughs> Keith. Keith. Said, you need help. <laughs> and he came to help. Well <laughs> <laughs> Keith. you're going to have to stand as well because your mother was the first one to respond to the gospel. We have the painting. Yeah, you do. We have the painting. Gavin and Lynn, <laughs> got to know us, <laughs> said, can we come and join you? <laughs> come on, stand, Gav, on behalf of you and Lynn. And in the same time, Margaret said, I'm giving up my fabulous job in Cape Town. I want to be part of this. <laughs> You thought you were coming here to learn, but you actually came here to teach. <laughs> and as a result, Diklebeng School was born around an upturned table. It's amazing. Anybody else in the room who was saved in those early days? Alina. Come on, Alina, Trying to see. Anyone else? Annie. Annie. Oh, Annie. Come on. Me, Annie. Sorry, I can't see you all there. Well done, Annie. Anyone else get saved in the barn? Bapam. 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 Yeah. Even you. My interpreter came looking for girls at my church. <laughs> But God gives back to us. Yes. And he discovered God and girls. <laughs> <laughs> and so the story started. He brought a young man and his wife here, Gareth and Nikki. Come on, stand up. Nigel and Cheryl came down from Zimbabwe, I think, or you're planning on going there, landed up here. Nigel and Cheryl, And so the, the story just keeps going. Those of you who got saved in this building, won't you just stand? Come on, those who got saved. Yeah, quite a lot of you. Chopsy and Sam, where were you saved? At the other bar. Oh, okay, come on. Amen. Come on. Thank you, you can all sit down. I'm sure I've left out some people, forgive me. But you know, in here, you see the purposes of God. You see how God takes what looks so ordinary. He breathes on it by giving his spirit. And then he empowers us to continue what Jesus began. And brothers and sisters, out of what he began here, 
many of those nations have been reached. And the ones that we didn't reach, they said, can we come and join you? And what God has begun, He will fulfill and take to completion. Peter and John uh, were hauled before the Sanhedrin, the, 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 the priests and the elders of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. They wanted to stop them preaching about Jesus. And so they told them what they were going to do to them. And it says here in, in John 4, sorry, Acts chapter 4. Peter responded and he said, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's no other way to salvation but Jesus. If you are visiting us today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, there's no other way to salvation but through Jesus. Now you can imagine all these counselors oozing disapproval. And the Bible records this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And then it ends off on the passage, there was nothing the council could say. We started, brothers and sisters, as ordinary people. And we continue as ordinary people. Some of us aren't as young as we used to be. When we started, we were going to change the whole world. And you know what? We've done a big part of that. But in this room, and on that wall, are many, many of the next generations who what we've started is being passed over and entrusted to you. Seeing Kumbi this morning leading here. Seeing what Jordan, Rebecca, Sing Khauta, who I see quite regularly these days. Sing Jabalani, Matthew, Sonti. I could go around the room, Hadio. What we've started needs to get in your heart. Needs to get your heart. You need to see the, the beauty of the church. You need to see that with just a little bit of faith, we can change cities. All we need is faith obedience. No special training, although we love discipling. But as I prepared for this message, and as I looked at this map and thought, God, you are so faithful. Whoever thought that from us we would plant into places like Bhutan? Those of you who got phones, you must go home and look for pictures of Bhutan. There are mountains. And the towns are built into and against the mountain. How they stay there, I don't know. And God has said to you and I, take the gospel. The Albino people of that island of the coast of Brazil. They are saying to you and to I, bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Bring the good news. 
We've got a great task to do. We fathers are not finished yet. It, it actually felt quite good standing here with a stick earlier. <laughs> I feel like Moses. Oh. We've been in the desert for 40 years. <laughs> we might need one of these. But we're not going to stop. But now, you next generations, you, people, you need to pick it up. Carry it in your heart. Zane Zelda, I don't know why God brought you to Clarence. But maybe for such a time as this. The world is waiting for us. And I wonder if I could ask the next generations. If you're in your... Oh, now I'm going to get myself into trouble. (laughs) I'm going to offend someone. So if you get offended, I'm so sorry. If you're in your... 40s, I wonder if you'd come out. Okay, come on, if you're in your 40s, if you don't mind coming, come up to the front. I can't believe that we're going to stay in our seats. Okay. If you are, oh, there's some that are owning up now. Huna la baba mbante ba emana juwa. Okay. If you're in your thirties, how little monta? Tabo mashume amara. I wonder if you'd come and stand in front. Liye mekabi mama. The monta mashume amara. The future of what I've just said depends on you more than any of the other groups. In your age groups, there should be a measure of maturity, passion, experience, and energy. Okay. So what I'm speaking about rests a lot on you. But after you, there's another group, the 20s. Come on. You're supposed to run to the front. (laughs) In your 20s, run to the front. Quentin, good to see you. Good time. Okay, there should be more of you. We're missing a lot. Guys and girls, this is a big moment for you. It's in your 20s that you make a decision about what life will look like. Okay, it's a big part of your life that sets your course. This nation and the nations are calling. Okay. Teenagers. Come on, all the teenagers. Isn't this wonderful? Eh? Let's give them a big hand.
Okay, that leaves the rest of us. Well, it's good. I hope we're up to that. I'm not going to say anything about the group we're in. I can have well, it took out the top of silver. I wonder if all the mothers and fathers could come and join me and stand. Well, it's a good problem. I'm going to have to buy it. I'm going to have to buy it. I'm going to have to buy it. I'm going to have to buy You'll have to come forward a bit to the table if that's all right. All right. Uh, Tapelo, could I have that last slide up again, please? Okay, I want you just to look at that. Okay, being ordinary doesn't stop you being potent in God's hand. I hope my prayer is this. That as your faith grows, you will go to the regions beyond. Some of you will do it through actually moving. Serving in the nations. Seeing Fuzi Mukwena lead a conference in Dubai, it was unbelievable. Some of you will become leaders in this nation. And how we need you. But there will be some of you who will be business leaders. You can resource the work of God. Those of you who will be teachers who will teach Young people, godly ways. But I want you to listen to this. We're not going to stop, are we? How <laughs> Okay, we're going to try that again. Just you <laughs> I want a big one. Okay. We're not going to stop, are we? No! Okay, so there you go. Hands. And now, all, all of us, if you come forward and let's just pray over them. And then, Ray, I'm going to ask if you would pray over us. Can I just share one thing? You may. It's in that passage, and it's so easy to miss. Barnabas went looking for Saul. Saul had been in obscurity for nearly 10 years because he longed to see something. He always believed for this family of God. And during that time, he was probably beaten up many times. But when Barnabas brought him to Antioch, he saw it. And what Steve saw, what I saw, was the church. And, and I think that what happened, he said for another year they taught, and I think it was mainly Paul, he said he taught them about the nations. Paul saw, this is a model. I've seen it. And this... It's so important you see church. Because Jesus died for the lost. But he also is passionate for his church. Yeah. So do, do value what you got. It's precious. Won't you lift your hands? And not only do I want you just to hear the prayers, I want you to ask God for anointing. Yes. Yes, okay, that's the, the presence of God that empowers us by Spirit. And all of you here with me, could you just reach out a hand and pray your best prayer? You can choose someone in the crowd or you can pray over all of them. Come on, let's lift our voices and commit them to the Lord. Yes, Father, I pray for each one that they would understand your grace, that understand your mercy, that understand the good, the good things that you are doing. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would empower them in this day. 
they would take or entrusted to them seriously and that we would see the nation's impact because today they believe you and ask for the nations. They ask for the nations. I pray that, Lord. I pray that, Lord Jesus. You wouldn't have it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Ray, I'm going to ask you to pray and then we'll yeah. close off. Lord, you, you asked a prophet many years ago, can these bones live? And there didn't need to be an answer. Because a wind came. The wind of your spirit. We believe your wind has been blowing this morning. So we just say now, Holy Spirit, come and like that wind, anoint all those that are standing here in these generations, anoint them with the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that they hear your voice. Again, like Isaiah. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. And who is the way? What's his name? Walk in it. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the anointing you've given Steve to bring this wonderful panorama of your of your plans. And we pray now, Lord, that you will keep nudging us, keep bringing back to our memory. This morning, Lord, this morning, when we said to you, here am I, I'm available. I know I'm ordinary, but you love ordinary people. Use me. I'm available to you. I want you to say that in your heart now. You've really been moved this morning. Just say to the Lord, I'm available. Use me. If you are standing in this group here on the stage, this front part, and you feel, I know God's called me to the nations. In other words, to, to be sent. I wonder if we can pray just over you. So just yeah. put a hand up. We'll pray over you right now. Some of you have already been sent. Put your hands up as well. Already been sent. Okay, Father, Father God, Lord. Father, I pray right now, Lord, over each and every one, Lord, that you would do a great and wonderful work in these hearts. And Father, we pray for a generation who would not get lost in the noise of this world, but Lord, would know the still voice of the Spirit to guide us that we can truly fulfill your great commission. Yes, Lord. Father, please be with us, keep us, watch over us. And I pray, Lord, that you would raise up many in this church and in, in the years to come. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Sing Glory to you, Lord. Wonderful, Lord. Let's, um, sorry, before you go, let's just stand together. Tops is going to lead us just in a uh, worship song. Let's just give thanks. And, I don't know. Uh,
Just as we go, there's one thing that was in my notes that I didn't refer to. <coughs> Next week we get the, the chance to drop one of these in our offering basket. And it's been your f- faithfulness over the years. For some of us over many, many years. Offering after offering. That's allowed us to do that. Yes. And the big portion of this offering is going to go to reaching the nations. And so as you prepare for next week, we are trusting God for 75,000 rands. I heard that amen somewhere. That means someone's giving a really big <laughs> <laughs> okay, so come prepared. We're going to celebrate. But there's another gift I want you to bring next week. I'd like to ask everyone. I was going to say it in Susutu. I'm glad I didn't because I would have got it wrong. Everyone, say it with me. Everyone. Everyone. To bring a friend. Okay, we're going to give a gift next week. Simon is preaching. He's going to be preaching the gospel. And we're going to trust God to give us a harvest, not only for offering for the nations, but in our time. Okay, so start to pray and say, Lord, who can I bring next Sunday? And all God's people said, See you next Sunday.